welcome back to Limbach Unlocked. One of the biggest issues every company is facing right now is getting skilled people through the door to come work for them. So how do we do that? Because it's an issue here too. Joining us today to talk about the big, big world of brand awareness and recruiting is our talent acquisition manager, James Swanson. James unpacks what people want in a company, why they leave, and how we can go out there and find the right people for the right seats. And let me dispel any misconceptions right now about who is doing that seek and ye shall find. This episode is for you. You are brand ambassadors and recruiters, so listen close. My name is Katie Mystery. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome, James. Let's start with your role with us and your background. Yeah, thanks, Katie, and uh, well, thanks for having me on. Um, my name is James Swanson. I'm our talent acquisition manager uh, at corporate here, and uh, I'm in the Pittsburgh area. Um, my background, you know, I've been in the HR realm for quite a while now, but I haven't been specifically, I've done a lot of talent acquisition, but I haven't been specifically talent acquisition in other roles in the past. So I, I worked for a company called LB Foster in the Pittsburgh area for four years. Um, and they're, they're mainly in the, in the rail industry. Um, and so I, I worked with them as a business partner a little bit, uh, kind of started there as a, that was early career. So I kind of started mm-hmm. as a, as an associate HR associate role and then worked up and was more specific within talent by the end of my time there. Uh, and then that led into joining Limbach in January. Wow. So that's actually kind of nice that you have that full picture of talent, getting talent through the door, developing talent, retaining talent, you know, like it's that whole life cycle that you have experience in. Yes, absolutely. So today we're talking about one piece of that, you know, talent life cycle, which is recruiting and being an ambassador for our company's brand. And to kick us off, I think, I feel like we need to lay the groundwork for who is out there in the job searching ether and why they're out there. So in your work, why are you seeing people leave their company? Is there a, is there a top reason? Yeah. So I'm going to go through a lot of reasons because okay. I, I I don't know if I can necessarily sit here and, and pinpoint one reason or or a statistic that says there's a top reason, but there, there's a lot of reasons, right? And when we're, you know, when Brent and I, when we're searching for folks for a particular role, um, you know, it can be a lot of different things. Maybe they're ready for that next step in their career. Um, you know, obviously compensation will always, will always yeah, come into course. play. Um, you know, that at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's always, uh, you know, going to be on people's minds. But of course, okay. relationships are the biggest, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, relationships with coworkers, relationships with your supervisor manager. I found a study of over 7,000 employees and 50% left their job to get away from their manager. So that tells 50%? you 50% right, that that tells you right there that that relationships and specifically relationships with your supervisor manager wow. is critical, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's critical. That's the person that you're interacting with every day. Um, that's the person that's giving you direction and coaching and mentorship. So obviously that's a big one, but you know, things like meaningfulness of employees job, too much workload. Uh, we see mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. people are stretched too thin. We've gotten that uh, a number of times. 
um, overall cor- corporate culture, which I think sometimes people might not even know what that necessarily means or looks like. Yeah. You know, but workers are 50, I found this too, workers are 15% more likely to consider seeking a new job if they don't feel the work environment has a management team that's accessible, where the communication is transparent. Yeah. There's a clear, there's a clear direction and executives are respected and approachable. So all those things really, really. And that is a feeling too. Like sometimes you're in your gut, you're like, ah, not for me, you know? Exactly. And it doesn't (laughs) matter. I don't think it matters what level of the company you work at with whether you're Mm -hmm. at a branch or you're out in the field, right? You, you get that sense. Yep. You you get that sense. And so uh, that's just kind of one, one little thing, but recognition of employees, job performance, everybody is kind of aware of that, but Mm -hmm. 82% of workers say, a lack of recognition towards their initiatives pushes them to look for employment elsewhere. So, wow, that's actually a surprising statistic. That's higher than I thought. Yeah. So people want to be, you know, recognized. They want to be applauded for the good work that they're doing. I mean, again, not groundbreaking, but we need to be aware of all of these things, I guess, is kind of what I'm getting at. And when we're kind of turning over every stone in the recruitment process, we're thinking about these things and we're trying to put these puzzle pieces together to, to paint a, to really write a book of what we think yeah. know, these employees are looking for. Um, autonomy and independence on the job, opportunities to use skills, abilities, and expertise. Um, that kind of goes with, you know, autonomy, but Mm-hmm. Or organizations' financial stability, of course. Um, and then if, this is the big one, at, at least in today's world, is telecommuting or work flexibility, right? We hear that all oh the time. Oh, boy. Yeah, all we the hear time. that all the time. It's yeah. kind of a, yeah, it's kind of getting stale uh, in, a, in a way, uh, just right. talking about it. But 36% of workers are not willing to budge on workplaces with inflexible work hours. Um, so whether it's, whether it's the work flexibility in terms of the hours or the telecommuting, um, yeah, I've a number of times I can tell you, Katie, we've had folks who said, well, is this, is this position fully remote? And if it, it's a deal breaker right off the bat. Ooh, which is a challenge sometimes in our industry because some positions are just can't be fully remote. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then the last one here that I just kind of jotted down was lack of career advancement. Um, yeah. a, about 45% of workers admitted they weren't happy with their current organization's advancement opportunities. And 36% said they felt overlooked for a promotion. So we know mm-hmm. career, career development is, is huge. And kudos to you guys. You guys do an awesome job of that here. Well, thank you. I was going to say, um, we saw a lot more of that, that specific complaint in our exit interviews a few years ago. And so it's been good to see that reason go down. <laughs> but it is certainly yeah. a reason um, and something that we have to be thinking about you, you mentioned in that list that there's this, there's a process or you're putting all these puzzle pieces together to create this narrative. Um, obviously we want the people that want to be here, right. And are looking for growth and have values that align with ours, but I can't help feel that's kind of a tall order. Um, so can you clarify, what does the recruiting process actually look like and and maybe we should even back up to how our process compares with how people think recruiting happens yeah that's a good question um you know so we have a process right and and i could sit here and and go through the process step by step Mm -hmm. um of how we obviously you know we're working a lot with um 
the hiring manager on the front end and, and the communication, that relationship, you know, is so, so, so critical to the recruitment mm. process overall. Um, but yeah, people think that I, I think that when people picture recruiting, they think of, we post a job, we get applications in and then we find out, okay, you know, we're looking to see who someone's who interested. Is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot more to that. And, and in fact, um, a lot of the people that we hire, uh, at least well, here and, you know, in mm-hmm. my past roles, I mean, we have to go out and find those people, especially in today's world. It, you know, it's, things have changed since COVID. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. been quite a bit different and we're just not, and we'll talk about this a little bit later mm-hmm. in terms of, of branding, but this is why we're doing branding is because we want to establish a presence that's going to pe- attract people to our company. Right. Yeah. So that is really where our focus is right now. But of course, we're usually, we're utilizing hand, um, LinkedIn heavily. I mean, I, I'm in there, you know, every day, if not every other day. Um, right. You know, we're really turning over every stone to try to find candidates. Like if I'm looking for a project manager in Columbus, like I've probably looked at every project manager in Columbus. Like, <laughs> yeah. Really, like we we are really like digging it's the legwork. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that that is really what a lot of it is. So it's it's it is pretty straightforward from that sense. Um, but when we look at the big picture, you know, it it depends on, of course, the job level area of expertise. If we're looking at early career, if we're looking at somebody who is more mm-hmm. senior level, and we're looking for seven, ten, you know, fifteen years experience, that all of that really comes into play of where we're looking. You know, early career, we want to be able to source. We 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 have the flexibility to source a lot of different places. We're building relationships with schools, universities. We're looking at handshake. We're doing. It's a little bit easier to to have more avenues to look down there. Yeah. But but back to branding. That's where that that's where our focus is right now. That that's why we're beefing up Glassdoor. That's why we have looked into premium indeed pages because those things are, we, we want the job seekers to come to our page and say, Oh, okay. Like their four core values. Like they live by that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The videos, the pictures, like what they're, what, what they stand by. Like, yeah. Okay. This is a pretty cool place to work. Like, and there are a lot of things that go into that, that, that I'll touch on a little bit more. Okay, so that that does clear things up a bit, and I I'm hearing behind the scenes like there's this formula for branding or recruiting best practices that you might follow, you know, and where to look, how to find the right people, even interviewing because that's even though they're interviewing, it's not a done deal yet. That's still in my mind part of the process as a whole. So, what are those best practices if you were to name them? Yeah, absolutely. So I will talk about branding here, but I want to start kind of the pre-recruiting process because I mentioned this a couple minutes ago, but that relationship that we have with the hiring manager is really important. At least in in my eyes, it's so important. We do these intake meetings, right? Where, you know, we want to get every little bit of information, but we're really partnering with the hiring manager and whoever's part of that hiring team to really understand what they're looking for, what they need on their team, and then offer, you know, our expertise on, um, well, maybe, you know, 
maybe that's not the right person, or maybe, maybe we should be looking, maybe we should be looking here instead. Um, so that partnership that we have with that person, I, I want to make sure before I go into the interview process that I know every single thing, of course, things will change. And, you know, maybe the, the demands or the kind of the optics of what we're, what we're actually looking for will change, uh, along the way. But when I go into a, a recruitment I, you know, I really want to know exactly the type of person that we're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's really, really important. And that, that is really step one. So we really want to understand the job description, exactly what we're looking for, step one. Mm-hmm. And again, regular communication with the hiring team is, is important. So when we're recruiting, we're, you know, I always say, you know, we're focusing on relationships and we're looking, I know we're going to talk about this later too, but looking beyond the resume Mm-hmm. Those are two things when I'm, when I'm recruiting, I'm really trying to do when I say, you know, focusing on relationships, when I start a conversation with someone about a job, like, you know, I want to be, it, it's just, it's really basic people things, but it's being attentive, attentive. It's, you know, following up quickly. It's, um, it, it's just the little things that, that once we identify somebody, we want to be able to, we're doing what we can to attract them to Limbach and carry them across the finish line and, you know, not answering somebody back for two days, right. Or, or yeah. something like that. Um, when it we're makes trying an to, impression when we're trying to schedule a, a phone screen, um, mm-hmm. little things like just being on time, picking up the phone. If we're, I'm calling that person at 11, I'm going to call that person at 11. Like yeah. it's little things like that, that you can take them, yeah, you can leave a bad taste in their mouth pretty quickly because they're, they're probably in a role right now that they're, they're happy with or that they think they're happy with. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to be, you know, ready to go to, to show them, hey, we have a lot to offer here. Um, so it really just starts off the bat of establishing that relationship and building a really good relationship. Um, I mentioned looking beyond the resume, um, you know, one example would be, is this person ready for the next step in their career? Maybe they're a project engineer now, but are, are they ready to be a PM? Like, you know, because a lot of times we, you know, we'll talk to people and they're, well, let's look for a PM. Well, let's look for a PM. Well, yeah, maybe if it's a senior person, okay, that, that makes sense. But maybe if we're looking for somebody who they don't have that job title right now, but they're ready for that next step in their career, that's why only searching for a specific job title sometimes can, you know, can leave you not turning over every stone. So that's something that I try to uh, take into account. You're kind of, you're, you have that pinpoint, right? And this is just how I'm trying to understand it. You have that pinpoint of like, this is the person we're looking for. This is the job we're looking for to fill. But if you don't circle that pinpoint, you may not find the right person because you're too narrow in your focus. That's exactly. kind of what you're saying. Okay. It, absolutely. That's yeah, it's absolutely true. So um, yeah. And, and, you know, I mentioned before about focusing on branding uh, you know, we focus on methods to, to showcase our employer brand. And that's, that's come into the spotlight a lot now. Um, you know, even little things like uh, you know, embrace, right. So we have, our glass door page that we're really trying to beef up. And that's one thing that we're going to, we're going to highlight here. 
um, you know, our work from home and hybrid policy, we've communicated publicly that we have a, a hybrid work model. So we want to be able to communicate that, you know, on the face to um, active job seekers. And our goal with that is, again, establish that presence and get more, you know, organic applications from, from uh, active job seekers. And hopefully yeah. those turn into, you know, really, really good candidates. Um, because the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, a lot of the candidates that we get in, um, the, the better talent, right, are the ones that are currently yeah. happy in their role, they're employed there. So that that's the whole goal with, you know, focusing on how we showcase that employer brand. Um, there is a lot that that goes into that. And then you know, just a couple more things here, mm-hmm. Katie, you know, simplifying the application process for, um, you know, the candidate is, is a big one. Um, yeah. Creating internal mo- mobility. What I mean there is when we say, have we turned over every stone? Like, can we move people within that branch or that department? Like, can we do some things with the personnel that we have now that maybe won't require us to look for an external hire? You know, and obviously the the answer isn't always yes, but uh, you know that's something that we, you know, we should always look at. Um, and then of course prioritizing hybrid or, or remote work offerings because again, like I, I I kind of put that statistic out there earlier that we know job seekers are making that a priority in their search, so we need to make it a priority on our end. Um, so. That's a lot. I'm throwing a lot at you, but that's no, no, a, no. These are, are all a lot of best lot of practices, things. right? So yeah, we got to know them and we got to put them out there. It, when you're talking, what I'm thinking about is how related this is to our sales process. And, and I mean, I, I guess that's really what you're doing. You're selling the company to a customer in a sense, because what you're doing is you're taking the reasons people leave and you're finding solutions that are customized to those people. Um, and, I, and I just think that makes sense in my head. It should ma- hopefully make sense to especially our sales folks listening in because it's, it's really your matching value propositions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'll add one other thing. Like yeah. when we are, especially in LinkedIn, like when we're looking at profiles and we're looking at, at people's professional backgrounds, there's a lot of times where they'll tell they're they'll kind of tell the story and what they want for you. Mm-hmm. Like if you just, I mean, really like re, just like little things like reading through if, if they have, um, you know, a summary overview, right. Uh, of, of who they are, what they've done, what they're, and they'll put in there what they're looking for. Like just really mm-hmm. analyzing all of that can, can tell you before we're reaching out and potentially wasting time on somebody we know, we can kind of paint that picture of what that person wants in their next step and what they're looking for before we even reach out. And then and that helps us tailor a message to them, right? Yeah. We're writing them, if we're sending them, them an inbox, like or an, uh, a LinkedIn in-mail, we can tailor that specifically to what they want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So. With, which obviously is still being authentic to what we offer and what we have. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. All right. We're going to, we're going to touch on these best practices a little bit more, but I think we should take a quick break for one of our fun 
get to know you segments. So we're, we're going to play a classic game called Would You Rather? And you and I are from the same generation, so I'm going to make the assumption that you know this game. Yes. Okay. I do. For our listeners' sake, James is going to get two options, and he's going to have to make the tough, tough choice between two of them and tell us why. So you ready, James? I am ready. Would you rather... We're talking superpowers here. Would you rather have the power of invisibility or the power of flight? Ooh. I think the power of flight. Yeah, it's yeah. a good choice. Yeah, I would. I, I just, you know, I don't know what it is. That's, that, that one's always fascinated me, um, just in, in, in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, I mean, you go wherever you want at any time. Seriously. I mean, honestly. The invisible thing's cool, too. Don't get me it's wrong. It's cool, but-, but it's also kind of creepy. And if you chose yeah. invisibility, I was going to push you on that one a little bit, like, Right. Are you gonna play? Are you gonna play some sort of um, like hide and seek game and be the master? Like, what? Right. what where, why would we choose invisibility? Here? Yeah, yeah, because you know, <laughs> just pop up and scare people. Yeah, right. Yeah, when when you turn that off, like you got to be cognizant of where you're actually <laughs> appearing to, right? You don't want to do it on like an elevator yeah. or something. No, no. Like eight I mean, people. <laughs> it would kind of be hilarious, but I'm I'm glad you chose flight. I think I would choose that one too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a pretty easy, easy decision for me. So yeah, we'll okay. go with flight. All right. All right. That was, that was too easy then. I got to come up with a better one um, next time we talk, but I promised our listeners at the beginning of this episode that they would have some take home tips for how they can recruit and be better brand ambassadors. Um, and while that probably doesn't include superpowers, um, I do want to ask how can non-professional talent acquirers, which is most of us in this company, adopt some of these best practices easily. Because some of them, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, you got to have that certain skill set. Like you have to know what to look for. What can, what can the rest of us do? Yeah. Um, so I'll kind of start just by taking this from, you know, the hiring manager, the folks who yeah. are obviously going to be close to the recruiting process. And I'll go back to that initial step one that I talked about before with best practices is, is establishing a good relationship, obviously with Brent and I, because we want to, we want to be able to, uh, you know, have good communication throughout that process um, and maintaining that communication. Um, You know, so that's, again, that's just step one, whether it's with us or, you know, at, at some point you were going to come into you're, you're going to come into the recruitment process when you interview mm-hmm. this candidate face-to-face or when you speak to them on the phone. We're initially going to have, um, you know, uh, a screening call with them, either Brent or I. That's the first step every time. We'll talk to the candidate on the phone for 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and, and then normally we'll set up a phone call with either the hiring manager or face-to-face with the team. Um, so eventually you're going to come into that into that equation. And we need you to be um, you know, we want you to be on the same page as us. And we want you yeah. to treat, treat that relationship with the candidate, even though that, that we're going to be the ones having that conversation with them and communicating the steps of the recruitment with that candidate. Um, you know, we need our, our team to be able to, uh, 
you know, at times communicate that message well too, and, and be, um, again, attentive, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, carry out that, that commitment and that presence throughout the entire recruitment process. Um, you know, I mentioned again, you know, think about how the team, you and your team can exemplify and showcase the company's brand at the branch level. Again, I'm going back to branding here, but it's, it's, it is, it is part of it. Like we are partnering with marketing Mm -hmm. and it's becoming it's becoming kind of our thing too. Like we have to be ambassadors for that, for that recruitment branding as well. So thinking about um, the things that you're doing at the branch level, uh, whether it's company events, training and development, um, innovations, development projects, how do we capture those? Yeah. How do we, uh, you know, pictures, videos, um, how do we tell our story is really what we're getting at here. So that, that is absolutely in my eyes, that comes into this, that, that helps us a lot. And that helps everybody in a lot in the recruiting process. Now you kind of mentioned this with the less, I would say tangible stuff, um, but highlighting our culture, highlighting their team culture, how, how do people really leverage that in a recruiting environment or when they're trying to get someone through the door? Yeah. So I'll be a little bit more specific here on what okay. I meant uh, before about, you know, I, I mentioned capturing moments that highlight our branch's culture, which yeah. again, in any way that we can do that and sharing that, that content with myself, because we're really uh, building those brands on indeed is a big one, but Glassdoor is the baby right now in my eyes. Like we're yeah. really, that's the one that job seekers see, right? So we have, when we, when you go on our Glassdoor page now, um, you see, you see videos, you see our 120 year evolution video, you mm-hmm. see all the way down to what our core values are. What can you do with your career? Like w- literally like career development, yeah. like we have a section on there that I, you know, took from our, our website that talks about everything that your team does, uh, you know, with career development that, that we have on there. So there's, there's a lot of different things going on. We have our Facebook or not Facebook. We have, uh, Twitter, um, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, um, all of our socials are on there. Uh, I think we have the podcast linked on there actually, mm-hmm. which is, oh, cool. yeah, nice. um, so there's a lot of different things that, that when a job seeker goes there, they're going to see. Um, so again, establishing a consistent presence. I've said that probably 15 times already, but that is, that is, that's huge. how important it is. <laughs> that is huge. We got to get a presence that, that people say, oh, wow, Limbach, like I want to work there. Um, employee testimonials and reviews are powerful. I said I would be more specific. And so a 2019 Harris poll survey on behalf of Glassdoor showed that 52% of job seekers say company ratings and employee reviews are the, are the most helpful info when deciding if a job opportunity or company is right for them. So people see those reviews, right? When you go yeah. to, to search Limbach or any other company, you're going to see those Glassdoor reviews um, and testimonials. So we've actually uh, we've actually started to put, speaking of testimonials, we've put some video employee testimonials on our page now too, so people can see, you know, what it's actually like to work here. Um, but in terms of these, like we, you know, we really, that that's important. We want to have our company oh, rating. Critical. We, we want to get our company rating. Um, and it is pretty good now, actually. 
Um, but we want to get it to a point um, where, you know, it's going to look really good when, when folks are out there searching, uh, searching our company and searching for a position at our company. Awesome, um, sure. So a little sales pitch, go out and give us a good review. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does. It means a lot, especially like I'm, I'm on Amazon all the time. And the first thing I do when I'm looking to buy a product is I go look at the reviews. Absolutely. And it influences every buyer's decision. Oh yeah. And yeah. it influences job seekers' decisions on what they want to do with their career. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about culture, sometimes it's like a hard thing to pinpoint, but the specifics that you gave, and I'm sure there are more, um, are helpful to just at least move us in that direction of you are brand ambassadors. Everything you do matters and people see. But I want to end with one question in particular because we've talked about the resume and one thing that is really really big in all of life but especially now is accounting for bias in this process so how do you actually look beyond a resume if you're a hiring manager and ensure that you're not letting your bias get in the way of finding the right person yeah so there are a lot of um different ways that we can look at this, right? There, there are a lot of different things that qu- kind of qualify as bias, right? When we're looking mm-hmm. at, at a resume. So I'll mention a few things that, that I know I, when I'm looking at, when I'm trying to get to the bottom of someone's professional background, um, you know, we want to look at some things like what were the reasons for obviously gaps in, in employment, if there were any, um, you know, what were, what, what was the reason for maybe, lo, you know, multiple location moves if, if they've you know been to a few different cities or whatever, where, where's home, where do they want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are they, I mentioned this earlier, are they ready for the next step in their career? Um, because again, sometimes the, the, their current job title might not suggest it, but it might be what we're looking for. It might be what they're looking for in their next role. Um, you know, and, and one other thing too is, you know, when we look at, uh, especially early career, um, yeah. we tend to focus, I think, sometimes on specific schools. And if we have a relationship with the school, of course, that makes sense to build a pipeline. And I'm never yeah. going to, I'm never going to, um, you know, go against that, of course. But there are, you know, you have, we have a lot of options, you know, a lot of very good programs out there that are close to our branches. So, um, you know, just because that person maybe didn't identify didn't attend what we would think is the ideal school, uh, you know, shouldn't eliminate them, but we need to kind of give that the, the due diligence yeah, um, go and deeper. look at, and look at uh, a lot of different programs out there and see what, um, you know, see what we can, uh, you know, build a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of times that we, we see that, maybe somebody's hop jobs, right? Job hopper. You know, that's a big one that, mm-hmm. you know, her peer managers all the time say, and not specifically here. I'm, I'm just in general, in general, um, you know, managers and, and hiring teams say, well, they've, you know, shoot, they've worked uh, four different jobs in the last five years. Um, but if they have what we want, if they have what meets the job description and the minimum requirements, we got to have that phone call. 
Yeah. And we, uh, to me, to me, it boils down to that. And it's no more complicated than that. If they have what we're looking for, you know, in that minimum requirement section that I'm going to make that phone call. Like I'm going to reach out and it's as simple as that. And then it comes down to asking the right questions and getting to, you know, the bottom of it and and getting their story. And then we can, we can make the decision from there. Um, But ruling folks out for that kind of stuff, you know, just by looking at a piece of paper or by looking at their LinkedIn profile, I mean, that's just not fair. Yeah, it's not fair <laughs> so, to anybody, including the hiring manager. You know, yeah, you could so, be missing out. Yeah. So I know that's, again, a, a pretty simplistic way to look at it. But for me, it really is that simple of if they have what we're looking for, years of experience, um, a, a technical skill set, uh, then it's our job to make that phone call and see, okay, is this accurate? Yeah. And are they the type of person that we feel fits our core values? Uh, that's of course what we're looking for, you know, pretty heavily. Yeah. And I think that's, I love being able to end on that because no one's alone in this process. You know, sometimes it's intimidating and I've hired a few people and it's been kind of scary in, in some of those environments where you're like, Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here and I don't really know, but I always felt that support from, your team to say, Hey, we both talked to this person. Uh, other, I brought in other peers to talk to this individual. So you always have that support. You're never alone. And I think that's where you keep coming back to relationships. Even our internal relationships are going to help us through this process. Absolutely. No question about it. All. Yeah. It, it matters all the way around when we're talking the about the, re- the relationships for sure. Well, James, thank you so much for sharing so much insight. I have one last question for you, and it's our curveball question that has absolutely nothing to do with what we've talked about today. Okay. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um. I tell you what, so my travel list is, is very skimpy in terms of international, (laughs) in terms of international travel, I'm a big, I've been to a lot of places in the U S. Um, I feel like I need to get out of the U S and out of North America. You know, I've always wanted to go to Ireland. I I don't know necessarily why I think I'd, I think I'd go live in Ireland for a year. Uh, it's beautiful there. I mean, I've never been, but yeah. And, and if it isn't Ireland, I'd probably pick. London because I'm a lot of my roots are, are British, uh, British and and London specifically. So, uh, yeah, I would pick, uh, somewhere there in Northern Europe. Solid choices. I completely agree. I've never been to Ireland. I think that would be so fun. I, I mean, it's a simple question, right? But I think we can say, we know you a little bit better when you ask someone, where would you go travel and why? Um, yeah. And so here, here's the thing. If whoever's listening to this, if James finds you a star employee, you can thank him by sending him on a well-deserved trip to Ireland. All right. <laughs> yeah. Or just send me a postcard if you ever go. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's, that's the lamer option. But yeah, I guess that'll work. People are probably listening like, dude, you wouldn't want to go live somewhere like sunny and warm and Bali? tropical for a year. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I was born in the North, raised in the North. I, Pittsburgh is like, 
you, you could probably I, handle anything. <laughs> I kind of oddly like cold weather, so. That is odd, it, James. It is what it is. Yeah. All right, but thank you again. I mean, we've talked about a lot, relationships, the brand, establishing that presence, and what we can do as the non-professional recruiters and talent acquirers in the room. Um, I appreciate the time that you've spent with us, and I'm sure this isn't the last we'll be hearing from you. Yeah, thanks so much, Katie. I, I really appreciate it and I had a lot of fun with this, so thank you. So who would have thunk it? Acquiring talent is more than just posting a job and getting people in for an interview. We all have the ability and opportunity to be the brand of this company to potential new hires. There are nuances to the process, sure, but that's why we have people like James to help us along the journey. And don't forget his call to action. Go out there and leave a testimonial on Glassdoor. That's your step one to being a brand ambassador. Catch you next time on Limbach Unlocked.